everybody. This is New Gaming News. We're a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about sponsorships and partnerships, gambling news, and give you an industry education on esports and casino industry. Uh, my name is Jen Uchin. And I'm Ari Fox. And I'm Grant Farwell. Now, Grant, tell us a little about, about your company, Matcherino. Sweet. So I'm um, one of the co-founders of Matcherino, and Matcherino is a platform for esport tournaments that helps facilitate pretty much everything involving money. Um, so that could be things like um, registration and ticketing to e-commerce and to directly donating to the prize pool. And then we've more recently launched a lot of functionality related to sponsorships. So we help um, tournaments get sponsors and a performance-based model so that way um, audiences have to perform an action that the brand wants like follow them on social media or download an app and then that brand will make a sponsorship directly to the organizer and to the prize pool in real time so it's a win-win situation so, for everybody that's pretty much maturino at high level yeah, yeah awesome. I, I think it's i think it's a fantastic platform actually we've used it a few times in some of our tournaments and thank you you know i think that uh from from a from a casino perspective it's something that they definitely should gravitate toward because it'll help them uh you know when they're trying to run a tournament themselves and that's going to eventually happen too but uh you know yep. and also you know the people that do listen to this podcast definitely have to sign up for 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 Grant's uh, Matcherino website because Grant's getting married and that's a wonderful thing. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna need it. Next he's gonna week. need he's gonna need it uh, to his family. So well, actually, speaking of speaking of monetizing using it, we're actually we're not taking a cut for a lot of our partners. So zero okay. percent platform fee. Um, we make we we think we're gonna make our money on the sponsorship side. Right. So, and, and who are some of your sponsors, just so we, the audience can know, you know, you know who they are? Yeah, we have two big sponsors at the moment: um, the big GameStop and then Twenty Four Hour Fitness. Um, yep. And the sponsorship side is fairly new, so there's a couple big brands we're talking to. Um, hopefully, active soon. I don't want to, I don't want to jinx anything. That the ink's still a little um, wet. So, yeah. but hopefully, some other big ones soon. Um, Sweet. But we have worked with casinos before, speaking of that. I think um, one of the first ones we worked with is Choctaw Casino. Uh, right. And and we've, if any casinos out there are listening, we've done it before. So um, fans buy hotel rooms through the, the site and give a portion to the prize pool. So it's a really big way to incentivize. So um, it's, always, it's even a win for the casino because they're getting heads and beds, and that's what that's a big. Yeah, our our two key stakeholders we want to make happy are organizers. You know, they're the ones putting on the event. We call them TOs, tournament organizers, and then um, players, which really is the prize pool. So we want prize pool to increase as much as possible, and then the um, the organizers. So that way, the economics of these events are sustainable, so that whoever's organized them can just do bigger and better and continue putting on. Yeah. So I just wanted to thank you, Grant, for being one of our guests on our show today. And um, of you course, know, that, you know we'll have you on another time. But what we'd like to do is get to some of the news lately, cool. and Jen is going to help us go through that. 
All right, so we're going to start with sponsors and partnerships. The first article I'm going to bring up isn't really a sponsor or partnership, but it's kind of like a branch into a new area. So Ford launches Fordzilla to house national esports teams. So pretty much Ford is getting into the esports game. They're focusing obviously on racing titles. And I see this as a big win because I think, especially with first-person shooters and things like that, it may intimidate a lot of people to get into the esports scene. But something like this is a little bit more niche, a little bit more accessible, and I'm wondering what you guys think about it. Well, I think they have to step up, and, and interestingly enough, and it's actually nice that we're talking about sponsorships because it was a good segue from Matarino having to deal with theirs. But, but um, you know, I think Ford in, in so many ways has got to compete with some of the other uh, car companies that are investing in sponsoring just generically in yeah. some of these tournaments like Toyota. Uh, I think Mercedes is also one. So I think Ford is like, I got to get in the game. Let's do it. Let's do it bigger than everybody else. Yeah, definitely else. So more interesting. Act- yeah, so we're going to like actually run a team, which I mean, you can't really escape it when everyone's where. And it's a it's a brilliant thing because think about it. If, if they, you know, I, don't, I haven't seen their logo yet, but if everybody's wearing a Fordzilla. Uh, you know, sweatshirt. They're not only promoting the team, but they're also promoting Ford, which is yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I view it too as if I'm a big brand and I'm looking at either sponsoring a team or I don't really have control or actually just doing making my own team, I would rather hire someone to just manage the team and, and have the team activate on all the different types of activities I want. I mean, I have 100% control and uh, it's probably a lot cheaper. Yeah. I, I think Toyota. I think Toyota and Mercedes are like, oh my god, what did they just do? <laughs> they just beat us. Oh, at yeah, change the game. Game. I mean, they're like, okay, we can't really say, you know. I mean, think of it, Toyota. And then you're talking about, okay, Toyota is a Japanese company, and Ford is an American company, and they called it Fordzilla. How much of a knock would that be on Toyota, which is a Japanese company? Oh wow, I didn't even I mean, play that. Yeah, yeah, can you can you imagine? I mean, that's just. I think it's a brilliant move. Not only is it a brilliant move, but it's also like you know. So kind of like screw you, Toyota. Yeah, tongue in cheek. <laughs> exactly. I, I saw like a tweet too a, a couple days ago. I think it was um, the Need for Speed game, and a fan was like tweeting it. I want to oh, say yeah. it was Toyota. But like, why are you guys in it? And like, we don't want to promote illegal street racing. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of silly. I think uh, that's not probably the best way to get your brand out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, in the meantime, I'm going to be speaking to Jay Moses. I'm actually moderating. I don't know if that's a news that's newsworthy, but I'm actually going to be moderating after Labor Day at the Casino Esports Conference with Jay Moses, who's also going to be talking about Grand Theft Auto, talk about oh, illegal nice. street, you know, illegal street racing. I think that's you know that brings it up to a whole nother notch. <laughs> right, digital illegal street racing is not exactly cool. exactly. Just but have to throw that one in the there. The killing school. So what's um, our next? Uh, article there so another sponsorship relation is kellogg's is shifting their sports ad spending to esports specifically so they're shifting it from traditional sports to esports which i think is a huge knockout for esports in general because it's really showing how mainstream it's getting and how much everybody wants to invest into it well, you know, it's funny because, you know, do you guys, I mean, I don't know, I don't want to age myself, but you remember the Wheaties boxes and they had this, the athletes on the yeah. Wheaties boxes? Yeah. So that's, they're going to now have, have, you that. know, um, e-sport athletes on the, on the covers of uh, cereal boxes eventually, yeah. which would be pretty cool. Yeah. yeah I, I think it is. It's great to get to know. You know, what I, it's funny because a lot of the, you know, and also what's, recently what I noticed was I've been reading a bunch more articles and they're really using... Like their full names are the players or the gamers, 
Um, and and I mean, they are using their tag, their tag, their taglines or their tag. Yeah, but I mean, I've also seen a lot more of just them using their real names because I think they want people to know who they are. Um, you know, not just the not just people who are in social media, but also you know people that are on conventional media mm. because people are you know want to they're looking for investors. So you know, people who are investors, I guess, aren't that you know big on you know um, you know the tag names. So they have to know who these players are if they want to invest in them. I guess but I can sense. see that being pretty. I mean, as a serial is usually for younger demographics. Um, I'm just watching a documentary about serial the other day. But uh, <laughs> I can easily see. Yeah, I mean, I can easily see these kids that are idolizing these younger pro players completely buying a what's his name Booga from like Fortnite. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I bought yeah. Overwatch cereal and it tasted horrible, and I still bought it. So. <laughs> well, they did. Pop Hearts did the thing with um, a Mercy skin, I think. Overwatch. Yeah, but was Overwatch the cereal you bought? Was it made by Kellogg's or General? Uh, I, I don't know. It was Lucio's. I don't know who made it. No, or it could have been, been Post, but you know, Post cereal. But nonetheless, yeah, so, anyway, the idea, the idea of, of Kellogg's moving in because I think they're working with Nerd Street Gamers. Yeah, they're partnering with them. John, John Fazio. I think is now getting an opportunity to to push Kellogg's and and all the tournaments that he does. So I think that's pretty genius. Yeah, we've we worked with Nerd Street Gamers a bunch. In fact, our ticketing that Ari, you helped us, I guess, realize we wanted to build. The first event that was used our ticketing was uh, Nerd Street Gamers. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a great outfit. Um, yeah. and you know the, the guy who runs it, you know, with uh, um, with John is is uh, uh, what's his name from uh, Spectrum. His name okay. Is, oh, yeah. So they're, they're, I mean, they just keep getting bigger and bigger. And I think the investment, what was it, like $3 million sponsorship or $4 million? That's done crazy. On that article? Uh, $2 million and $4 million, including the logo placements on streams. Uh, yeah. Between $2 million, $2 million $4 million, so yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Pushing through to gambling news. This one's a little bit more niche, it's a little bit more general, it's an opinion piece, but it's just talking about the regulation against games and esports, um, protecting the consumer and intellectual property, like uh, what's going to be okay to stream with stakeholders, things like that. Let me dive into it a little bit more. Was that with the EEF? Is that the European Esports Federation? Mm, yeah. Okay, so the EEF, which is a new organization that's working with ESIC, um, and, and Ian Smith over there um, in Europe is now starting this new uh, organization, which is really basically going to be helping players, contract negotiations, making sure that they're all legal, making sure that the people who are investing in esports are doing it in a proper way. You know, there was a big scandal a couple of years back with esports.com. I don't know if you remember that, Grant. I remember. Uh, yeah, so there was a big problem. That was a whole European fiasco. Um, and I think that this new or this new group, the EEF, is um, definitely something that's going to be watching. I mean, ESIC can do. ESIC is really about you know making sure there's credibility with the players, and their their side of it is like we want to make sure that nobody's cheating and it's all wagering and betting. The EEF is like okay, we're going to protect the rights of the game, the gamers, and the and and the and the players in esports, but we're also going to protect the rights and. Uh, you know, to the audience to make sure that everything is transfer, you know, transparent, mm -hmm. um, that people aren't getting ripped off. I mean, did you you heard what happened at the um, 
what was it the um uh one of the tournaments in china was it in china or no it was in korea south korea these scalpers bought these tickets and the, the stadium was empty because Why, they, were they, did it or what? they were reselling them for like their the tickets were 299 a piece if you bought them directly from um the ticket seller but then scalpers were buying them at huge amounts and then selling them for two thousand dollars so US. obviously nobody went which exactly. event was? So I think that what and actually I think it was the international. For really? Too. I think so. Okay. No, I, I mean that's, that. I would that would command maybe that price range. Yeah, but I mean it was it's it was pretty much of a scandal because a lot of the seats were empty. Yeah. I mean that doesn't really bode very well for the people. So that's I mean that's China. They're gonna have to have their own. Was it in China? I think it was in China, right? I have to look it up. I haven't heard about that. But uh, yeah, I just I just recently read an article about you know about that because that's what I do most of my time is reading articles. But mm. <laughs> but I mean, it was, it was, yeah, Shanghai. Yeah, was it in Shanghai? I should know this. Yeah. Anyway, it was a big. It was a big. It's kind of a big scandal kind of thing. But you know what? As esports evolves and as it grows, it's going to have a lot of bumps and bruises and growing pains, and that's just one of the things that you know. Um, the EEF, which is the European um, Esports Federation, is going to try to make sure that you know the the, the consumer, the people, the, the people who are enthusiasts and want to watch, um, you know, uh, people playing, that they're going to get a fair shake, and mm -hmm. you know that they'll stop stuff like that because I know that that's something yeah. that they see that might happen down the road. Well, obviously, to self promote naturally, you know, we we make it so. Um, everyone gets to see where all the money goes, and uh, for those that aren't that aware, esports has no uh, or has a history of payment and player problems. Like all yeah, but I mean, players. I mean, but I, this is the question, though, Grant. I mean, if somebody came on to buy tickets to a tournament, uh, like a very high-profile tournament that Matt Trina was working on, uh -huh. and they bought they bought all the tickets at you know at 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 the price of a hundred dollars a pop or fifty dollars a pop based on what it was. And then resold them at ten times the price. How how would you have? I mean, well, you have we would have we have something in our terms of service that would say like you can't do that. We also let if you're doing your own ticketing, you upload your own terms of service to put rules in place. Obviously, mm -hmm. you know, um, a bad actor is going to not really care about the rules. Um, right. We can re you know stop issuing those tickets or do refunds or whatever. We haven't had that happen yet. We did ninjas tournament where they sold out the tickets like instantly. Right. Um, so but I'm saying, but I'm yeah, saying, if you did have somebody, I mean, you know, there, I just, it's something you might want to think about. It's a, in the, down the it's road. a tough question. Yeah, I mean, we kind of put the reins in the the organizers' hands, you know, for how they want to handle those kind of things and right. just provide the infrastructure. Um, we haven't had that issue yet, but obviously, as these events, you know, have bigger audience sizes and people want to go, um, hopefully, that's an issue we run into. Right. Right. But this article in regards to gambling, though, um, Jen, is, in, is also talking about the fairness of play. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, I think, because one of the articles that just came out uh, today was a situation where there were cheaters. Was it CSGO? CSGO. Um, there were six Australian CSGO players. They didn't release who they were yet, but they were arrested upon uh, suspicion of match fixing, which can right. give you up to 10 years in prison. In prison. Wow. Wow. 
So this is some serious stuff. I mean, listen, if anybody's listening out there, I mean, that should speak volumes to the casino industry and anyone that's interested in putting esports wagering or a bookie into their casino or on their online casino because we're not, you know, it's, you know, it's very interesting because in the same article or one of the articles I think that, that Jen put out uh, to me um, was an article where they spoke directly to Ian Smith and he just said it's a total myth First of all, that hmm. um, most esports uh, gamers are uh, of uh, younger than eighteen. Mm. It's like most of them are eighteen or older. But not only that, but it's also um, something where people should really start listening to Ian and the, and Isak because they are watching everything that's going on. I think Isak was the body responsible for calling out those CS:GO mm. uh, uh, players. So. There's, you know, it's something that I think the bookies and um, in the gambling world really should understand that it is being taken very seriously. And, you know, a lot of them were comparing it like in the beginning. I remember a couple of years ago, like, well, how can we know that it's being honest? It's like the WWF. It's fixed. No, it's not fixed. It's actually people who practice for very, very long yeah. periods of time, devote a lot of time to it. Mm-hmm. Devote, you know, and why would they throw that all away now? And it, it doesn't make any sense. So I think that they, as people get more familiar with it, as it becomes much more mainstream, and we, it is mainstream. I mean, we're talking about Kellogg's and Fordzilla. So, I mean, it's definitely happening. It's just a matter of when it's going to be embraced, when those illegal websites that are putting wagering offshore that are now going to, I think, total $5 billion in 2019, and then by 2020 it should be like $13 billion in wagering alone. So there's a big future there, and um, a lot of people should understand that, in the, at least in the casino gambling side of it, that they have an opportunity to really um, grab a new audience. Well, perfect segue into GTA Online. There's been a lot of con- controversy around the casino that they're putting into it, um, and they're saying, does it break any laws? Is it going to create gambling problems? You could pay real money for the in-game currency, but you can't get real money out of it. And that's just a topic that I've been seeing everywhere. Well, it's interesting because you could pay a dollar and get like $50,000 in the game. So it's like 50,000 credits, whatever. Yeah. But it's, it's only like a dollar of real money. question that they're asking is, does that like create actual gamblers? Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, well, one, it can be restricted. And in the article, it does say that they can take out or restrict a casino in certain countries because certain countries like Saudi Arabia and other places, they don't allow you to gamble. Mm -hmm. So it can be restricted based on region and area. But what I find more interesting is, hey, you know, let's put, you know, if somebody wants to enter the casino, it's like, listen, you can't get into a casino floor in real, in the real world if you're, you know, younger than 21. So if somebody's playing GTA and they get to the casino, there could be something computerized that says, okay, you're going to have to tell us your age, give us your verification of your license, all this other stuff before they can even enter the virtual casino. I mean, wouldn't that make more sense? Anyway, I mean, if we could do it in the real world, why couldn't we do it virtually? I think there's more control virtually, really, because it's so much more transparent. I mean, Grant, you know about transparency over the internet. That's what your whole deal is right you put your platform there so that it can be a transparent platform where people's money is actually being spread properly yeah but managing logins is always tough i mean you know people put in age put in your own age but Mm -hmm. it's so tough to validate um 
it's tough, especially with age. I mean, with us, we will, um, you know, do a double check if we think that someone's younger than 13, for instance, right. or 18, depending on what the, uh, the game or kind of prize pool is. But in general, yeah, I mean, this stuff can be can be hard to manage. Um, well, interesting. I actually was on a website one. I don't remember the website what what it was, but it did have to utilize the camera on my computer. Really? It made me. Yeah. It made me. It made me hold up my license, and it took wow. a, it took a scanned image of my license. Like Coinbase or something? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I think it was. Um, I think it was Rob. Okay. That 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 is. I mean, you can do something like that. Yeah. And then and then it then it took a picture of my. Then it told me to put my face in the camera. And then they had to verify my license with my fa- my actual picture of my face. So there is verification software. It's quite sophisticated. Yeah. It is somewhat expensive. But if, like, you know, if GTA or T- Take Two worked with casinos and casinos were really interested in, you know, utilizing this virtual casino, yeah. they could work together and find the money to, you know, to get that sort of verification software that they use for you know, for stockbroking websites. Yeah. And what would the casinos get out of that? What would the casino industry get out of that, do you think? uh, Everything. I mean, you're talking about people who are 21 or older who are playing virtually from home. Um, But wouldn't it be cool to, like, walk into a a, a casino in GTA, but in the virtual casino, you get to play another game, like play Smash against somebody. Would that be weird to, like, go into a, a, a virtual casino and then actually play a different video game in the in that game. I mean, games so already have say, that, okay. so it would be, like, pretty cool. Yeah, so, like, Take-Two could say, okay, you could come into this room, and then then you're playing, like, NBA 2K <laughs> with somebody. For money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's going to happen. Oh, that's definitely going to happen. Because the publishers could say, okay, we're going to integrate this game into this game. I mean... Nothing's impossible, obviously. Yeah, crossplay is happening right now. How much longer until it's just games within games? Right, games within games, and you know, I mean, it's just gonna, it's just gonna keep evolving to like, you know, whatever our imaginations can can think of, um, and then you know, with the advent of virtual reality, because you know, there, I don't even know if there's a GTA VR game. Is there? No, not that I'm aware of. But you know, that's gonna happen eventually. Why wouldn't you want that? Exactly. Why would you want that? Why would you want that in a? If you okay, so let's say right now VR equipment's pretty expensive, but let's say you went into a casino and they were the ones that could afford. You had a VR GTA game. In the casino. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, I don't. I I think I brought them up in a lot last podcast, and we probably have to get them on the show, Jen. But I mean, Saber VR is doing some pretty cool stuff with some stuff that's not even VR, but they're making it VR. Last time I did VR, it was in a casino. Last time yeah, you did VR, exactly. was in a casino? Yeah. What was your experience Vegas. with that? Um, it was like, uh, it was pretty fun. You're all in a room and uh, put on the VR headset and they kind of take you through a guided tour of some like kind of puzzle games and some um, kind of zombie. Yeah, zombie which, which casino was that? Was that the Lynx? It may have been. I, uh, Someone was giving me a tour and was like walking me to the casino, so I forget which one it was, but um, I'll figure it out. But yeah, I think it was, it was, it was pretty the fun. Lynx, 
the Lynx has a big VR um, experience. And actually, the guy that runs that VR experience is actually speaking at the CEC um, oh, nice. after Labor Day weekend. Uh, he's going to be one of our moderators. And he actually has done and doing some work with IGT, which IGT is a big slot machine maker. Mm. So they're going to be doing, he's doing a lot of things with them. Probably, they haven't told me yet, but it's stuff that's coming out. There's going to be a lot of cool stuff that's coming out. And I mean, it's going to be really, really geared towards a millennial audience, yeah. which is going to be really, it's going to blow a lot of people's minds. Well, it's actually perfect. Um, the next, the next and last thing I wanted to talk about was an article where just referencing esports becoming pop culture, and esports is one hundred percent embedded deeply, especially into like millennial and Gen X or Gen Z, their pop culture with uh, Marshmallow, the musician, like having in-game concerts and Fortnite. Now I think Major Laser has a collaboration. Uh, even streetwear in general, like so much streetwear style brands are diving into the esports space, and it's just everywhere you go, you're seeing esports now. And I, I personally am into it because I've been a fan my whole life, but it's coming to the forefront so quickly. It is. Thank you, Fortnite. Yeah, Fortnite really did it. I don't know if you guys want to talk about Fortnite for a minute, but that the fact that it was free, the fact that it jam so much already popular pop culture like when they did the avengers mashup like i said marshmallow major laser major laser i think even weezer uh had their own island uh throwback to whoever likes weezer but it's no it's done a great job of making it helping push the narrative mainstream i mean obviously so many kids are playing it i mean the sponsors we're talking to just for you know kind of reference I always ask people, oh, how'd you hear, you know, why'd you get into esports or how'd you hear about X, Y, or Z? So far, almost unanimously, whenever I ask a brand that we're talking to, like, what made you guys get into it? Oh, my kid plays Fortnite. Mm -hmm. So, you know, thank you, I guess. Yeah, thank you, Epic. All right, that was the end of my list. I could talk to you guys for much longer, I'm sure, but does anyone else have anything they want to bring up before the end of the podcast? Well, I actually wanted to just... Uh... I just wanted to tell Brant, congratulations on your wedding. I think that's exciting. Thank you so much. And good luck on, you know, on, and on the development and building of Matrino. I mean, we covered you um, and your, your news um, about, you know, your Wells Fargo. Uh, investment. Yeah, that was the last podcast. So that's yeah, why, it was huge. Congratulations. We that that would, we were very excited for you for that. Thank you. And, we're um, so, I mean, it wasn't that long ago um, when we were, you know, calling up organizers, telling them about our technology, and pretty much just getting hung up on. Like, yeah. there was one one time in particular, I remember Michael, our, our CMO, was, like, hung up on twice in a row, just being like, oh, like, you can log in with your Twitch, click. Yes. And so having, you know, I've heard um, a couple times people say the Matrino is kind of the bank for esports, um, just because we, you know, hold all the prize money and make sure it gets distributed. So having a name like Wells Fargo behind us, I think it's just so awesome to help with trust um obviously oh, totally. they're, they're super into the esports space um and we couldn't be more fortunate to have them um as investors so we, well eventually you're gonna we, have to start talking about crypto too so that's that's yeah one of our other big investors um is big in the eos space and right. i love cryptocurrency i love you know, ideally, in an ideal world, Matrino actually isn't managing any of the funds. It's all in the smart contract. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's what's best for the end user. For end user. Um, so, 
We're also um, have plans to do crypto. They're kind of not public yet, but um, we love crypto. We want to do crypto as soon as possible, and we have some awesome like kind of crypto investors behind us now. So uh, that's exciting. Well, Grant, I gotta get Michael or one of you guys to come out to the our events. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. Now you're get you're getting married, so I'm sure everybody from the from the company will be at the wedding. So that's that's something happening. But Look, in the yeah. future, you know, Jen is coming out. Jen is going to be there. We'll, get you to an event to uh, maybe Sweet. you can join us in London in February because we're doing we'll probably be doing a, an insertion of the Casino Esport Conference uh, uh, you know talks in London so it's going to be it's really beginning to develop I think you're a big key part of the, the casino or okay. gambling casino and, you, and you've been e-sport. super helpful making yeah. intros to the casino world so thank you yeah you know, no problem. And the esport integration. So I think we're, you know, it's going to be great. I'm really excited for the Casino Esport Conference. Everybody should know that listening to this, if you haven't signed up yet, you really are running out of time. It's the 4th and 5th of uh, this of September, so it's next week. Um, but everyone should definitely get a ticket sooner rather than later. Um, all right, let's talk offline. I want to talk to the, um, send a message out to all the organizers on our platform about it. All right, cool. Listen, uh, Grant, I'd like to thank you for being our guest today. Thank and you, Grant. Thank and, uh, and Jen, uh, thanks again. I think this was a great podcast. Real excited, and um, we'll look forward to you talking in two weeks. And I'll look. I'll see this. I'll, I'll. I look forward to seeing you, Jen, at the CEC next week. Yeah, I look forward to it as well.